Hello, everyone. Welcome to Millie Moves Podcast. This is a show for millennial entrepreneurs and young hustlers that are breaking the mold and demanding success. As always, we don't know you, and neither does our guest John Brooks today, so we can't tell you what to do with your money or how to live your life. We're just here to give experiences and help along the way. So today we have John Brooks. John, tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, yeah, my name is John Brooks, and what would you like to know? Well, let's start out by this. I want to know this. John went from a negative $80,000 net worth at 24 to a net worth millionaire at age 28. That's what I want to know. How'd, how'd that come about? What, uh, what was the process that led you to that? Yeah, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. It, it was a process. So there is a system to building wealth that is universal. So the first one is you want to get all your debts paid down as soon as possible. So when I got into real estate, I had $80,000 worth of debt. That student debt, we just bought cars. You know, the typical everybody does it, man. Everybody does it. Society oh, yeah. just wants you to do it, and you're just following what society wants. Well, the first dollar that came in started to go down and pay off our debts. So whatever has the highest interest rate, pay it off, pay it off, pay it off. And eventually after we sold enough homes and we got debt free, first thousand bucks that I got that came in, I bought my wife an engagement ring, right? Aww, like that's, that's how we cool. celebrate, right? <laughs> so, um, but we're not going to buy things that we can't afford. If you cannot afford it, you shouldn't buy it. And so a lot of people buy stuff on debt. We didn't want to have that lifestyle. I didn't want that stress. I wanted to have financial freedom to be able to do whatever I want without feeling like I was losing sleep overnight. Because when I started in real estate, I had maybe $2,000 in my bank account and maybe yeah. a month or two to work. And I've my wife, there. yeah, and my, we've a lot of real estate agents <laughs> yeah. have been there. I had two grand at least, you know, some people don't even have that. They're just loading up on credit cards. So I was, I was probably in a better situation than most people, but we had just bought the house with a monthly payment, got car payment. So my wife was like, you have six months. I'll support you in real estate. You have to perform. I was rolling over my bed, sleeping. I, I lost so much sleep every Man, single night, but I was chipping away at it, right? I wasn't taking that money and upgrading my car, upgrading my house. I was chipping away at the debt. Eventually, um, because we're providing such good service, we're getting so many referrals, the money kept rolling in, paid everything off. Then we started just saving. And we're like, okay, well, what do we do with money? We've never had money before. Right. And even though I was top of my class finance, had worked on Wall Street, you're still like, it's the first time you have money. Like, what are you going to do with it? Oh, yeah. um, so we started buying real estate. We bought what we knew. So we started every six months, eight months, we would buy a house and then we'd move into another house and then we'd save the 3% commission, right? Right. So that, and then we'd put down 3% and then we'd rent out the prior house and get a cash flow of like three to 400 bucks on it. Well, if you do that enough times, then that cash flow is going to cover all your living expenses. Right. So that's the second thing. We live on 10 to 12 to 15% of our total income. No so okay. we're... <laughs> We're pretty frugal, but you know, if we're going to Hawaii on a vacation, we're getting the helicopter and we're yeah. living it, you know, we're living yeah, it, up, it up, but like we don't spend money on stupid stuff. Right. So like the first thing that you do, if you're in that type of financial situation is you want to cut your expenses to zero. And it's amazing how little that you can live on. Yeah. So the first thing that we did was we looked at our budget. We said, what are our expenses? What's our outflow? We cut it down to basically zero, and then we're trying to maximize what we're bringing in through the real estate business, which we're working like 14, 16 hours a day, um, doing whatever it takes, like door knocking for three hours a day, making phone calls for four hours a day, being told 100 times a day. I don't care. Like, I needed the money. I was nervous that my girlfriend wasn't going to marry me if I didn't make enough money, <laughs> and I only had a couple months. So that's, uh, that's how it started, and then because we took that money, invested it in real estate, 
um, reinvested it into our business, which I think a lot of agents miss. Uh, oh, they, yeah. they make money and they don't put any of it back into growing the sustainability and long term of their business. It started expanding very, very rapidly until we became millionaires in three and a half years um, at age 28. Started at uh, 24 and a half and became a millionaire at 28 years old. That's Congratulations, awesome. man. Thanks. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to know your full story. So you said you worked on Wall Street and I'm in the stock trading and, and option okay. trading and that kind of stuff. So I want to know a little bit about that. How'd you wind up there? Uh, I'll, I'll kind of give you the brief kind of story. Uh, I was at Virginia Tech. And they had a group there called Bonds and Security Investing by Students. And it was a bunch of brilliant kids that wanted to get into Wall Street, but we weren't like Ivy Leaguers, right? We were like the second class citizens. Yeah. So like we had to kind of like beg to get into the Wall Street <laughs> banks. Well, I had got this highly coveted investment wealth management job um, at Goldman Sachs. And it was my sophomore year. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I flat out failed. Like they didn't <laughs> even want me there. I couldn't even send out mail correctly. I didn't know where to put the stamp. Uh, it was rough. I mean, you know, that's that's just who I am. Or I didn't know. know. Yeah. You know, people don't know stuff. Um, but like, literally, they were like, "This guy's really good at picking stocks." I, I and and talking with people on the phones, but like, he yeah. literally is incompetent at everything else. So we're not going to take this guy. So they didn't invite me back. But I was, I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to the big four accounting firm, right? Because that's what they push at these big institutions. Uh, I found a. I graduated and went to Ernst and Young and did a tax policy. Um, analyst position, which was super cool. And yeah. I got lucky. I got on one of the partners that was up and coming and learned a ton from him, did economic impact studies. Like for example, if Amazon was going to pick a location yeah. to put their headquarters, we would do an economic impact study and then they could figure out, okay, how many tax benefits are we going to get from wow. this place versus this? So that's when that's I started really becoming cool. really yeah. good at Excel and I, and with the group. So then I came to Jacksonville, Florida with my wife and got a job at Deutsche Bank and I was a real estate investment banker. And that's when I, my eyes were open. I was like, real estate is where it's at because I saw how much money these people were making. Oh, yeah. Right at that time when we were, uh, there were some uh, litigation issues with the bank and they were doing pay freezes across the United States and we bought our first house. We submitted an offer on the house and we didn't hear anything back. And we were, I was pissed. I'm such, I'm so type A. Like if I don't hear back <laughs> from people, like I'm getting mad, like <laughs> I'm talking to my wife. She's like, no. And I was like, I'm going to drive across town and like knock on the door and figure out why they haven't accepted our offer yet. Mm -hmm. And she's like, don't do it. You're a freaking psycho. And I just went over and knocked on the door. I said, hey, I'm John Brooks. Like I put an offer in on your house. Uh, did you receive it? Because we haven't heard back from you. He's like, what offer? And I'm like, no way. The other agent hadn't even submitted the offer, it, which wasn't surprising because there wasn't even photos in MLS. Right. Right. And this was in 2015. Okay. So I was like, this is like, you know, Come on, people. And then I saw the closing disclosure and I knew how to run, num run numbers. I'm like, right. what the heck? This person made six grand? Like, it's going to take me two months working at Wall Street Bank, 14 to 16 hours a day, waking up in the middle of the night to close deals with in international investors. And this person who can't even answer their phone or submit the offer made that much money. Yeah. So I just made a deal with the seller myself, bought yeah. the house. And then I was like, I had two weeks later, I got my license and I was like, I can do better than this people than these people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, oh, yeah. I was furious. And then I was like, how is it possible that you can manage someone's largest financial investment? Cause I'm coming for, I had to get like my series 79. I had to get like five different licenses just to be able to talk about investments with people. Mm -hmm. And I can get a real estate license in a freaking week and manage somebody's <laughs> largest personal financial investment for them and give them investment advice. I was like, this is crazy and that's what that's where most of the problems in the real estate market come from is there's no standards right it's i see it every day i know you do 
Yeah, that's why the, that's why my wife, when she opened Momentum Realty, she said, we're not taking any agency to do less than 10 deals a year because they don't have the competency level to be in the market to be able to provide guidance to people. It's like you can do 10 deals without trying a year. I don't know how. You fall into that just in your friend group without working. Right. You should. I've had 10 referrals this year. I say, you know, I, referrals, referrals from people that didn't even know I did real estate. They're like, oh, you, you do real estate? I'm like, yeah, my dad's been doing it for <laughs> how long? 40 years? And they just kept rolling and rolling. In the last, like, I think three months, it was 10 deals. Just like that. Boom, boom, boom. And a lot of them were double-sided deals. And yep. it's like, yep. how do agents, like you're saying, not do that? You have to actively try not to do deals, that I, many deals. I believe it. But they're still, we call them onesie-twosie agents. We don't <laughs> even call them part agents um they're less than that either because part-time means that you show up to an office and actually do at least like 20 hours of work they're not even doing that like if i even the brokerage that we have now not to like throw everybody under the bus here but if i was going to line up everybody in the brokerage and say who here actually works 20 hours a week and lead generates to go get business and i line them up like what percentage of the people right would be lead it'd probably be like three percent Oh like, we're God. really going to think about it. Yeah. And guess what? Those are the people making all the money in the business. There's the 80-20 rule, and in real estate, it's kind of like the 95-5 rule. Uh, just Absolutely. because the people who get into real estate get into it for the wrong reason. They want the flexibility. They want the lifestyle, which is fine. You can have that. But first, you have to build a big business and then leverage your way out of it. You can't skip the hard work right. part of it. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm pretty ignorant in the real estate business, but I feel like we're in a perfect market right now. Like the interest rates are low, so that helps <laughs> the buyers, but yet the home prices are up and I, f- I feel like the demand's up. Yeah, so it's more than perfect. And can I tell you guys why? Come like, on, tell me. All right. Like, COVID's really helping Florida. Oh, the population tremendous. growth in no state income tax. So like where we live, like when we started the business, we were like, we did a legitimate business plan. We're like, okay, there's Mayport Navy Base up there. <laughs> there's... Uh, Mayo Clinic there. So there's instantly, even if we were to hit a recession, those aren't going away. We have right. deep water ports. We got shipping. We got CSX. We have, like, we did a full business analysis to be like, where should we live? And then put ourselves in the middle of that. And then that's our radius for where we're going to serve clients. So everything's just 15 minutes away. So it wasn't like some willy nilly stuff. And then on top of that, it's low cost. So like Jacksonville is cheaper than Orlando and Tampa, right? So when people are looking at, and then they want to be at the beaches. And then you're like, then they want to be in Florida because of no state income tax. And then they don't want all the issues because of the hurricanes. And it does, it it sw- goes, it doesn't hit us directly on, it goes right around. So we're like, oh my gosh, we're in the perfect market. Then COVID hits, we get 10% population growth, which is like insane. COVID was incredible. Yeah. Like uh, before COVID, it was the slowest start I've ever had of the year. I'm like, oh great. I get sick with the flu as soon as I come back from the builder show. And I'm like, what am I doing? I have no deals going on. COVID hits, I have 25 deals going on just like that. I'm like, you know, it's funny. It did the same thing in our industry, in tree work. I guess when everybody was stuck at home, they were just walking around looking at the yard, yep. seeing what they wanted to do, Upgrades. what they wanted to improve. And, you know, our business picked up quite a bit. You know, the first week, I would say, week or two, it kind of, everybody was stagnant for a second. Yep. And then all of a sudden it was just rolling in one after another. Yeah. And on the flip side of the coin, it is very hyper local. So if you're like talking right. to an agent in New York, New Jersey, California, they're going to be saying, you know, the house is burning down. Yeah. But like this location where we're at, right. there's no better city. There's no better market you could ever be in. If you are not making money in this market, you're in the wrong industry. You should probably just go find something else to do. Absolutely. Right. And then 
what was really interesting about COVID and where we live, we are an hour from everything. We're an hour from Jacksonville, yep. hour from Lake City, two hours from Orlando, but hour, not even an hour from Gainesville, like 45 minutes. An hour from the beaches. Hour from the beaches or St. Augustine. It's yep. like everybody that was in the city during the shutdowns and couldn't go anywhere, they started, well, where can we go move? Let's move out to little Keystone Heights and get a lake house at yep. $350,000. Well, that's what your little neighborhood house is. And you get 3,000 square feet. Like a lake. mini mansion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd like to ask you a personal question with as far as investments goes. So we're buying our home that we live in now. It's a little lake house. And our, our goal is to basically remove everything that we have in the house that we don't use every day and just live as minimalist. Okay. And Airbnb cool. the house out. As when we go on vacation, we'll Airbnb the house out. So, you know, kind of get paid for vacation plus, you know, help pay back the mortgage and that kind of thing. What kind of uh, – I know Airbnb has been struggling with the COVID situation, but do you see that as far as in the Jacksonville area and, Brandon, even this area as continuing to grow? I see – COVID is being less risk to Airbnb than like city councils, like restricting Airbnbs because COVID is going to be temporary and people are still traveling. Like people are still doing Airbnb. Like people don't really, I don't think you're going to have we an, just did an Airbnb in North Carolina. Brittany and I just went to St. Augustine and did a little in stay. Yeah, that's and cool. you know, like I don't think there's going to be like the biggest issue that we have is like these, you know, Atlantic beach will restrict short term rentals and it's right. got to be eight months or something like that. And that's, that's the biggest issue. I know they're doing that in Raleigh, North Carolina, too. They just have ordinances where they don't allow overnight, like oh, one night overnight nuts. stays. That's the biggest risk to Airbnb, in my opinion. I think the COVID thing was a temporary shock, but that was the shock to the whole system just for travel, period. But right. now people are getting, you know, it's the new normal and people are getting, you know, a little bit more comfortable with it, um, for better or for worse, you know. Do you feel that you get a better return that way or straight rental? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm sure. It's, yeah, you know, I don't each have Airbnb differently, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you, it, at the end of the day, it's just putting into an Excel spreadsheet, modeling it out. Yeah. So I would have to like sit down and see what the cash flow differences would be, and then you got to model out, you know, how many repairs you got to do. You got to pay the cleaning lady. You got to pay Airbnb their ten percent fee, and then you know, I would just put the two next to each other and just do an analysis. Um, for us, we like to do long term rentals. We treat treat our renters really well. Whenever they have something to get repaired, we just repair it. We don't ask any questions. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing you can do is have short-term tenants that turn over quickly. And you got to go replace everything, clean it up, and then go find a new one. So we try to find people that are going to stay there like a long time and rent it. Gotcha. Very good. Well, how did you decide to get into real estate initially? I know you said that, you know, you saw the, when you bought your house, you talked to the guy and saw the return he was getting and everything. But you said your wife is your business partner. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so, I mean, if, if we're going back to the roots, um, I, it, when I was in that investment group in college, I covered the housing market and I saw it as like the largest economic multiplier. So when someone goes and buys a house, they don't just buy a house, they buy the furniture, they hire movers, they clean up the yard, they do all these things. I was like, that's so cool that like this industry touches everything. And regards to my wife, she joined me in 2018 because I came in my first year, I sold 66 homes for 12.1 mil. My second year, I sold 20 mil, uh, a little bit over 20 mil for 74 units. Okay, and this is when I was really, I was over a half million in GCI. Third year, I was like, I cannot do this on my own, and I couldn't find anybody that I wanted to work with. And my wife and I, you know, we'd been together freshman year of college, and we we worked well together. She kind of procrastinates a lot, which 
drives me crazy because I'm a high D. I'm like, just get it done. What's the problem here? And then she responds, you know, sassy. And it's not the best situation all the time. So we had to get separate coaches to figure it out. Like, she has a coach. I have a coach. We're not allowed to tell each other what to do. You know, the re- our relationship's more important than the business, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and, it, and everything worked, like, amazingly well. She came in. She was a buyer agent in 2018. I was a listing agent. I wasn't allowed to tell her what to do. I could only help her maximize what she's doing. She couldn't tell me what to do. You know, wow, it's just one really of those things. Good. So we're basically running two businesses side by side. That's the way that we viewed it. And we can only help each other with our business. So I think like yeah. if you're a couple, like that, yeah. you really need to get a coach to help you through those things because there's a lot of couples out there that end up getting divorced in real estate because they there's one dominant player that dominates the other and it's like a respect issue. Um, but I like Brittany's brilliant. My wife is really smart. And so I, I respect the heck out of her. So that's not going to happen. But like you really want to make sure that you are running it, your business like a business. You have separate roles and responsibilities and um, expectations of each other and what you're going to do. So she came in 2018 and sold 66 homes herself. And I'm like, oh, man, like we're on to something. That's when Gary Keller started putting us on stage. We were getting like five star reviews from everybody. We had in our third year, we uh, GCI'd, which for those of you listening is gross commission income is basically revenue is a million bucks. Um, and then we were also net, our net margin was 75%. So people were like, holy cow, who are these people out of Jacksonville? They came out of nowhere and we're crushing it. It's because we, we she was an investment banker too, but she would trade technology companies. And she always says like, you know, selling a house is kind of like you're, there's a buyer and a seller and you got to negotiate. It's the same thing as trading big companies. There's a buyer and a seller. You got to negotiate. So she used the same tactics that she had there with the, you know, with the agents and then had the coaches on top of that. So she just came in and absolutely wiped the floor. I always say, tell everybody she's the best buyer agent in town. Uh, like hands down, like nobody serves more people and gets more five-star reviews than Brittany Brooks. And people actually beg to work with her. Don't we had to it. turn people away and refer them out because people call in and we're like, Hey, I want to work with Brittany. We're like, yo, she's pregnant. You can't work with her. We're going to have to <laughs> give you to her, like, you know, another person at our brokerage because her service level is so good. Her knowledge is so good. Her knowledge of houses, she knows everything about a house. She knows, you know, roof, siding, HVAC, how much things cost. She's got a great personality. She's super, super responsive. Um, she knows the contract law like the back of her hand. So, you know, you're never going to get in trouble with her. And you, she genuinely cares about them. There's, like people can feel right. how she cares about them and like wants them to get a house that's going to be a home. Right. And I think most agents, when they come across, they have commission breath. So like we're both oh, sticking yeah. out like, sore freaking thumbs like we actually care about the experience because we had a bad one ourselves and all of a sudden people are really gravitating to that so do you think that's what sets you apart from everyone else is that the reason that you guys experienced so much growth do you think that's the factor we care we yeah, we yeah. like care Honestly, because we had care. a crappy situation and we were like i don't want the general public to run Here, here's the thing like i'm not gonna brag here but i actually think that my wife and i are the best real estate aid i'm not an agent anymore we opened a loan company but like we were the best real estate agents you could possibly run into in 2018 you were lucky to have worked with us because we cared so much we were so focused on the transaction we were so like we wanted to get you the best deal there's no one else out there who would have cared more about getting you the best deal than us in our market no one it, no it did not it even makes close sense. you know like down here it's two different markets but I care about, like, I've given up commission many times. Not a whole commission, but like, hey, I'll, I'll chip in $500 to make this deal work out for you. Because that person refers me to two, three, four yep. people. That's what happened this year. Gave up a little bit, and here comes three, four customers. Yeah, and it comes back to you. Hugely. And they were really surprised. You gave up $600? 
Yeah, because I wanted you to have this house. It's an experience. I want you to have the house. I want you to have what you want. I want, I want you, you to be have an happy. experience. Correct. I don't want it's anybody how you mad at me. Yep. You know, I just had to give up a thousand um, to not even my customer because <laughs> they were so upset that the refrigerator was not brand new. Okay, it was like a four thousand dollar refrigerator. It is what it is. But to make them happy, was even my customer? I gave up a thousand dollars, and then they said, "Okay, we're good." Yep. Yep, okay. and then you probably get referrals. You stay in touch with them, and you say, "Hey, how's oh, yeah. your refrigerator?" Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Put your magnet on the refrigerator, whatever. I mean, so now that you've yeah, you were talking about now that you guys have made some money and you know have you know, had sure. your bank account and all that kind of stuff, what kind of investments are you looking into, or do you currently have? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I'm not a great investor. I've lost a lot of money. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we don't need to go into that, but no. I'm way better at building businesses than I am in investing. And in, it's a certain form of investing, but it's more like active investing. So, you know, I give my money to a buddy that puts it in a stock portfolio and we put a certain amount of money away, um, the residual, because you should be doing that. You should be building some stuff long term. Um, but most of the money that we make, we pour back into the businesses that we have. And so, for example, we opened uh, an insurance company. We own an insurance company. Everyone needs an insurance policy. Give me a shout. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> also opened. Uh, it's called Insurance Connect. Okay. Yeah, I it's like cool. It. So You're a one-stop shop now. Uh, so this is the future of real estate, which I'm glad you brought that up. And and then I'm actually licensed NMLS. Right. Um. So we own. Uh, we have. We don't own. We ha we run a mortgage branch in Jacksonville called Integrity Mortgage Group. I have to give a good plug. Just did a deal with them. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's awesome to hear. It was a great, great experience with uh, my customer. He was happy, and it just went very smooth. Unlike many other mortgage companies. Okay, that's awesome. Well, thanks for the plug, and you'll write a review on that, won't you? I sure will. So, yeah, this is another thing, like, for the, if you're a real estate agent or a mortgage person listening, like, strike while the iron's hot. Like, when someone's, like, upping you, like, go ahead and get that review because what we started to do and why Gary Keller brought us on stage was because our lead gen became automated because we get so many reviews. I still get three or four phone calls a day from people trying to work with us because, like, I read all your reviews online. And I would want an agent like that. Your online brand is your business. And so you got to build that up. So it's, it's super important. But um, yeah, we're, you know, you had a great experience with IMG Integrity Mortgage Group. And we're going to continue to up that. Like every single day we have, we have a coach now. We have, oh, great. Uh, we have people that it's like more communication. People want instant results. It's going to be an incredible experience from start to finish. You, you come in, you're working with an agent that already has 10 deals under their belt from momentum. Um, if you, you obviously get to choose who you want to work with, you can go with IMG, you can shop around. Our rates are incredible. Um, I was impressed. It's like in, I don't know. I like, I'm not an, <laughs> I'm not an expert, but the but rates are freaking like we're blowing everybody out of the water. I'll probably be calling you for a refi. I would do that immediately <laughs> if I was you. Uh, but you know, and then and then Insurance Connect, which is my wife's company. You know, we can do the insurance policies as well. And the, and then the next step is obviously title. So the the thing is, there's a lot of regulations around all of this. So you have to be very careful. But is there a way legally in the future that you can bundle all of these together and Speed then vertically integrated into one business? That would be. And then make incredible. it a seamless transaction where you can give a certain percentage of the profit either back to the agent or back to the customer for using that bundle package. And that's what we're trying to figure out 
how to do. The key thing first is to get up all those businesses and get them to a certain volume level where it makes sense to sit down with a RESPA attorney to try to figure out what that structure would look like because you can get in big hot water with that kind of stuff and like everybody's even afraid to talk about it. I don't care. I'll come on a podcast. That's the vision because guess what? If we don't figure it out, someone else is going to do it. Guess who's going to do it? Zillow or Realtor.com in Op City. And I don't want to be behind when that time comes. We're going to be ahead of the game. I like it. I love it. You got any more plugs you want to shout out? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, We... (laughs) Well, my wife is launching Momentum Offers, so if you need a cash offer on your house, we'll make the cash offer. By the way, do not take our cash offer listed with a real estate agent. It's going to be about 30% less because the fees are so ridiculous. Um, it just know if you're going after it, like the whole reason those companies exist are to make money off of you. So just know that if like you're just a general consumer yeah. and taking a cash offer, like sometimes there are circumstances where you need an offer to get out of a really hairy situation or there's title problems, but that's not what these companies, these big eye buyers are doing. They're going after the general retail market to make cash offers at a low ball price and a huge fee. And they call it a convenience fee because these guys are marketing geniuses. They don't call it commissions. They call it conven- the convenience fee is double the price of the commission. And then they're charged. And then there's like tw- 15% less than the actual home value. So like the only person that would take this is somebody who's totally out of touch with reality and, and they're taking advantage right. of them. And so now you have Wall Street coming in and taking equity from people who have built it over the last 10 years. And for me being a Wall Street guy, I'm like, wow, like, and there's people that fall prey to this. So I had an interesting, I had a listing in I think Middleburg Orange Park area. I don't do a bunch up there because I'm down here in Keystone. There's just so many agents up there. Yeah. Well, I had a customer who let me list their house. I already sold them one in Keystone. And I had, you know how it is, you get multiple offers in one day. But I had so many investor offers because I priced it to sell in one day. Yep. They were fine with the price. Your net was great. But I had all these like Wall Street type companies out of Maryland and all over offering low ball, you know, about 15, 20,000 less. Cash offers sending me proof of funds and their proof of funds was like $125 million and $10 million, 400 grand. It's like, who are these investors with these companies that are five, six words long? It's like something investments out of a Maryland company. It's like, who? And that's what it, like you just said, they're all coming and instead of putting money in the stock market, they're putting it in real estate now. And so the one that actually bought it was an investor. They're, they're closing this week. And they put, and I asked the guys, like, so how, how are you doing this? They're putting their money in, their investors' money into it, and cash flowing as rentals for their investors' returns. Yep. It's incredible. And yeah. He's, like, he's got six more than he wants to buy from me. There's actually a company in Jacksonville, JWB, that does just that. They buy properties, they rehab it, and then they sell it to investors, and then they property manage it for them genius same company and their follow-up is so good like i'm super jealous so plug to them jwb so like a reverse plug for a momentum offers and the cash i buyers you know what i mean like it's funny we created the company as an educational tool to like not take it because again we're out to help the consumer we don't want the consumer to be taken advantage by wall street we want them to know and by the way you don't need a cash offer in today's market. You can literally put it, sell it retail for like multiple offers with a really qualified buyer that's going to close in the same amount of time or like pretty close to it, like a week or two difference. Yeah. And you know, if it changes then okay, it might come around different, but right now but they won't, they'll disappear when it changes it, because it if will. the cost of capital goes up, they can't hold these houses for 60 days for basically free. 
and then they're going to disappear. And by the way, know how we know they will disappear? Because they did. Because if you remember back in late 2018, there was a market shift of 8% within one month in November, and they pulled out of all of their offers and shut down and didn't come back until the following January. I'm trying to think what a, what deals I was going on then. I, I know because they backed, I was selling like three homes because remember I was a listing agent. I was yep. like, and I was taking these things and I was like, oh, like another one, but the other two closed and then, you know, shit hit the fan. I don't know if you guys curse on this thing, but it did hit the fan. And basically what happened was they pulled out of their deals and, and then, you know, good luck trying to fight them for their binder deposits. Yeah. By the way, dude, they, they do beat you up on your home and, uh, on those repair requests. Like oh, no matter... Yeah. So you think you're out of the woods and it's a sure thing, but oh, I gotta send somebody out to go check it out though. The one it's I like just that's did, not I, really a real cash offer. A cash offer means like you get that money no matter what. Right. The one I just did was uh, they were trying to be that way. I made them sign a separate addendum that said they were not allowed to do repair requests, and they signed it. They still did their yep. inspection, said they're good, but and they had their period to back out. Yep. But I made them do the repair, uh, no repairs, and they signed the addendum, and then. They had like five days to do an inspection. They did in two and said, yep, looks good. But that was because you're thing. a good agent. You care about your seller. My Because my seller had all these offers. She had a couple that were a little bit higher, but it was like FHA, VA. And I'm like, well, you do have a couple of repairs that are questionable. Let's just take this because it'll cost you less. And she did it. And kudos to her because we're closing this week. It's awesome. So, John, you've accomplished a lot. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way a all the lot. time, but no, thank you. you. Have. <laughs> so what's next? What's your next goal? What's what's the next push? Uh the, so I'm in this group called Go Abundance, which is like a men's there's a book, Tribe of Millionaires. I'm not ready. I, I met this guy in Austin at like this house party. Uh it was like a KW thing and, and his, his name's Bob. I won't say his full name, but he, he I talked to him for like ten minutes. And what he had to say was like some of the most interesting. You just like meet people and you're like, you who know. is this guy? Like yep. he's not the same as everybody else. And so I looked him up on Facebook and I saw he was part of this group called Go Abundance. I'm like, what the heck is this secret millionaire group? And there's this book, Tribe of Millionaires. So I immediately ordered the book. I think you can get it for free if you go to their website. Got it. And then I submitted my application because I was like, I'm just becoming a millionaire. Like I'm, I'm in the group, like, right? Like yeah, if it's a million and one dollars, yeah. I can get in, right? Like so... <laughs> I was like, so I was like begging them to come in. I was like, hey, like I'm a young guy. I'm probably the youngest person. Like I, I was, I think the youngest person in the group. And uh, they let me in and I went to one of their conferences. And I mean, I've been a MAPS coach. I've been in Gary's top 100. I've been in some of the best coaching and training in the country. And this is like, this is next level stuff. Like this yeah. isn't even compared to the level really? of training. It's way beyond because you're not talking to people who are like, career coaches or you're not talking these are people who are like they actually run businesses and have hundreds of employees so when they give you advice they're talking about stuff that they actually did not right. stuff that is a best practice they read from a book does it do you know what i'm saying yeah, oh, absolutely. so i got in there and uh i met one guy who helped me open the mortgage branch and then some guys like you should open insurance. They're like, you know, like you have all these mentors. Um, and I'm like, holy cow, I can actually do all of this. And they're like, yeah, you can probably do it in a short period of time. It's not a big deal. Like people are like, this is not a big deal. We people no open businesses all the time. Like their expectations are insane. Like all, everyone else you talk to has limiting beliefs and put them on you. These guys are like, easy, done that, very easy. And so your mindset starts yeah, it to changes expand. changes the way you look at everything. You start to, yeah, you start to expand. And so we opened the mortgage company. Never would have thought that I would be in mortgages. 
So we opened the mortgage company. That takes off. Like we closed like 22 loans last month. There's some people that, you know, they've been in business five years, don't even get to that level. And we're doing it in like our fourth month. So, and you're saying the service is excellent. I'm like, this is like, that's insane because I guess what? And now we hired a coach to even make it even better. Right. So, so uh, your question is like, what's next is there's, (laughs) there's another group that I heard of called Tiger 21. You have to be worth 30 mil to get in. So that's the next tar. I thought like one mil was big and then like there's another group and they they have a book called Think Bigger, which I just did a book club with some buddies of mine in the in the brokerage and it's like that blew my mind. Like now it's like even expanding even more. It's like, whoa, like you, there's another level to this stuff. And each level, there's different levels and different groups and you have to have a certain net worth to be able to get in. So um, the goal is how do I get to that 30 mil net worth in five years. And like a lot of people might be listening, like who is this guy like trying to become so rich and all this stuff. And by the way, like that's not even how we're thinking. We're like, I want to create like a tiny house community to help homeless people, but I want it to be sustainable. So I don't have to rely upon the government or other people to subsidize this stuff because after you have a certain amount of money, it doesn't even become about you because are we already like, we're happy as our probably monthly expenses are close to five grand because we track it. So anything above that is just like, stuff to do for other people. Like the first thing I did when I became a millionaire and I got my next check was I went down to buy a car cash for my uncle who had a brain aneurysm. You know oh what wow. I'm saying? So like, he, cause he needed it, he couldn't get around. He didn't have the money to do it and he couldn't work because he had the brain. You know, like that, it's like not even about you. So then I kind of felt guilty. Like if I don't call for three hours and make more money, like who am I letting down that needs the money in my life? And it just, wow. you, you know what I, like, yeah. and then you start meeting these guys in this group and they're like, I'm like, why are you doing what you're doing? He's like, because my city sucks and I want to make it better. And like the mission isn't even about money. He's wow. he's like, I'm opening all these businesses because these other people suck at the businesses and the service sucks and I want to make it better. And I know I can run for city hall if I make enough money and like, like get can control the government and like do things that are better for the public. And it's not about them. And so I, I just, I really attach myself to that because I think one day I can have a bigger impact and you can have a bigger impact when you have more wealth and the wealth is sustainable. Right, That's so the goal is to try and build something. Build something that's going to make the place better than where you were there before. Right. That's that's really good. I love the idea. The the tiny houses for the homeless <sighs> pop. I think that's brilliant. I want to do the shipping containers like that's or something br- like you that. You can pick those Connex boxes up for like two grand. Yeah, but, I, but I'm not going to do it until I have net worth where I know that no matter what, nobody can take it away. Because I heard from like somebody where it's like, you have to be around worth around 25 mil where like there's financial gravity, I think what they call, I don't know, this is super intense conversation. I know what you're talking and about. they're like, no matter what you do, you cannot go backwards and right. it's going to be sustainable. So then I can like pass it on to my daughter and she's one and a half years old and be like, yo, you're running this stuff when I'm gone. And like, this isn't going to go away. This is Brooke's legacy here. And that's what happens. A lot of rich people you see like, you know, they do really well and then their kids suck and then they didn't plan for transition planning and they didn't raise their kids right. And that's why I like these groups because they really teach you like bring your kid. Like some people are like, don't let your kids know how much you're worth. Don't know this. Like they're like, no, bring your kids into it and show them from the beginning and show them how to teach. And they think differently, right? Like everybody else thinks the complete opposite. Don't share. Like if you think to like typical mom and dad, they don't share any financials with you. That's why we have financial like illiteracy in this country. It's just because of that. We're the opposite. We want to be as transparent as humanly possible. We've talked about that before. They don't teach you that in school. You have to learn that from experience or your parents. Like the amount of people that are our age and just a little younger that don't understand how credit works is mind-blowing. And it's just they're not taught. They have no idea. So, like, you go to buy a home. Let's say you have a truck payment as well. 
Well, they go and pay their truck off thinking it's going to help their credit score before they buy the house, and then they open their credit report up, and it's down because they just closed that line of credit that was on the vehicle. Yep. You know, it's that's kind of stuff that's not taught. And, you know, this is kind of why we started this whole thing. Yeah. It's what you're talking about to help people, and especially our age, that I feel like the educational system has failed us tremendously financially. Well, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, and I'm not, like, a politician or anything. But, like, I thought, like, from what I hear, school was started to kind of create worker bees for the factory, and they need to know enough skills. So they're not going to go out of their way to teach you about money. I mean, I got a finance degree, and I still don't know anything about money. <laughs> well, I have a business administration degree from the University of Florida. Yep. And when we started this business, knew nothing. I knew nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've said it before. They don't teach here. you what you actually need to no, know. I, I learned more in my first year of business yes. than I did in four years of college. So I have a degree in building construction. I'm building a house for the first time. No, nothing. <laughs> I mean, what I know some of the these people all this money for like because I think it's just like infotainment. Like I just go and to go to party and network with other people and like it's what I'm supposed to do. That's why I was eighty thousand dollars in debt. I could have used that eighty thousand to grow ten times faster. But no, the first thing I had to do was go and pay it off at like a 7.8% interest rate. Brutal. And I got scholarships and it was still that much. Yeah. In state. Wow. And so, I mean, who, like, you know, I, th I feel bad for all those people out there because if you're not an entrepreneur and you're in a W-2, it's going to take you 10 to 12 years to pay your stuff off. Oh, no and you doubt. can't even get, and that's just that. Now you're talking about like, well, what about your car and all these other things? You cannot become financially wealthy as a W-2 in almost every situation in today's world, even if you save like every cent, but your life is going to suck so bad if you, if you try. It's not worth it. So the only way for you to jump the income gap right now is to really become an entrepreneur and build something that you own. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if it's, it's a saying I've heard, but I like it. It says uh, basically along the lines of if hard work made you wealthy, then all the day laborers would be millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a different type of hard work. You know, it's you, you got to look forward into building something that's going to sustain and, and create that cash flow that you're talking about. So you have multiple cash flow investments coming in, right? We have rentals, we have brokerage, we have uh, mortgage, now we have insurance, um, now we have a stock portfolio, right? You start can see it. And by the way, here's the cool thing. I'll give you guys a tip here okay. that I that I found out like the other week because I was like, there's got to be another success formula, right? Like there's a success formula for getting out of debt, right? Minimize expenses, maximize revenues, cut all the crap out, become a min minimalist. Congratulations. That's something that we were looking into is a little extreme for it, but we're talking to millennials here, right? Yeah. So it's perfect. All right, that's perfect. But now there's like, what's the next level? Once you have money, how do you how do you grow it? So that's just like phase one. Um, and on the uh, the group Tiger Twenty One, you can go to their website and they publish a article that said, "Here's what our average member invest invests in." And I was like, "Oh, what is it? like? I wonder what that is." So I clicked and I looked at it. And, you know, I take like charts like very seriously because I'm going to find like I like to yeah, right. like I'm like, is this data BS or is this data good? Because there's so much fake information out there. And I, I think on and you could probably pull it up now. But on that website, it said something like 27 uh, percent stock um, or 27 percent real estate, 25 percent uh, private equity, which would be the businesses, right. and then like 18% cash, and then like 7% of all this other stuff. I don't know, that probably didn't add up to 100%, but it's something like that. They have a portfolio mix that everybody should be replicating. Yeah. 
you should have a business that funds your stock purchases mm -hmm. and then the business will also fund your real estate purchases and then you hold 18% cash for a rainy day opportunity. We talked about that before. Yeah. They already have the, it built out and they have a freaking article on it. I think it's like even written probably by like an economist or someone very intelligent that's already figured this out and hangs out with 30, like 30 mil plus net worth millionaires all the time. You, the formula is already out there. Right. Wow. So I, that's what I'm looking for is like, what's the next formula that's going to help get me to the next level. And then everyone who's in my world, I can pull up with, with me and give them access to the same resources that they're not teaching in school. They're certainly not teaching at brokerages because it's pretty pathetic what they do teach at brokerages today. I don't think most of the most people of them who run them don't teach anything because <laughs> 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 they don't have anything to teach because they don't know anything. It's true. Uh, I tried to be nice about it, but that's sometimes why you gotta just be straight too. up and hurt people's feelings. You know, I mean, they, I, I, so <laughs> we always say like we want to have the other brokerages up their game, so that way, you know, they like we want everyone to become more competitive, so the service gets better across the board for the real estate in Florida because it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, you gotta shake stuff up. Yeah, so market shaker. They they shake shook it up with the tree business. They show up so professional, safety equipment, doing it by the book, low impact. And you look at other tree guys and like, oh my god, are you gonna die? Yeah, see, we've tried to model our business a lot like yours. You know, our ours is very customer oriented, and it's very professional. You know, in our industry, I'm sure you've seen it in Jacksonville. There, you have professional tree surgeons, and and then you have your yep. weekend warriors is what we yep. want to call them. And uh, in our area, there's there's a few professional tree services, but there's a lot that are not. And uh, it you know it kind of helps when you show up to to give an estimate. And you have all your teeth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. The basics, the basics, right. the fundamentals need to be done. Um, that's I mean that's what the customer is looking for. They're looking for an experience where you come to them. It's convenient. It's affordable. Everyone's got a smile, please and thank you. It's what you want when people show up, but apparently that's too much to ask for, and it's confusing to me. Yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> uh, I just don't relate to those people. Like the people who show up, like we just had this conversation in our real estate office. I went in and I was like, I, and you, Kobe Bryant said it, and he's got like these great quotes where he's saying like, I can't even relate to lazy people. Like we don't even live in the same universe. I don't even want to be around you. Just disappear and it's the same thing that I'm thinking, like I'm talking to these guys. I'm like, guys, like all you got to do is pick up the phone. Basically, we're surveying everybody to test motivation. You go out and show them a couple of houses and study something about houses. Like wake up 30 minutes early. Like don't give me an excuse that you're busy. Wake up 30 minutes early and like Google about what's polybutylene piping. What's a flat tab shingle versus architecture. Like, like <laughs> no stuff about houses. You're, this is your craft. This is your yeah. industry. Study. And then go out and perform at the highest level. Go go follow the best inspector in town and learn everything you can know from that. I'm like, guys, this is I not rocket that. science. I love that. Like me being in construction from college, I know what I'm looking at when I show up to the house. Do I know how to manage building a house? I'm learning. But when I show up in like an agent's like telling me, oh, well, repair denim, and she acts like it's the end of the world. She sent me something one day. I was like, that's it? Like, that's not a big deal. She sounded like on the phone, it was the end of the world. The house was going to fall down. Yep. I'm like, a little bit of wood. My seller kind of. A little kinda, bit of wood rot. My, my seller kind of, it, it was funny because he's a bucks. good investment. He's a good investor, and he's like, well, we'll, we'll let him sit on it today because it's kind of comical. That's all they're asking for? Okay, let, let's roll. You know, and, and it, the, you can tell the agent had no idea 
about anything she was talking about when it comes to the piping or something with the duct work. I was like, yep. oh, no big deal. A GFI. Okay, 40 bucks. Guy was ecstatic that was all it was. But, you know, as you said, they've not done any research or education. They don't know anything about houses. How are yeah. you selling houses you don't know anything about? This is, again, it goes back to, like, there's no standards in real estate. And so we were having this conversation at lunch, and, and I was like, this is why my wife says you can't join our brokerage unless you have 10-plus sales per year. And they're like, that's so crazy. No other brokerage in the freaking state will do that. They'll take any amount of money off of anybody with a license and a pulse. And, and we're just like, we have a mission. <laughs> I won't say any names, but you know that's there's yeah. a lot of them out there's there. A, it's not just one company, but we de- like the customer demands better, and we want to give it to them. And we're not going to make ourselves the wealthiest just for wealth's sake. We're going to make ourselves the best customer experience, and through that, we will become that's the excellent. wealthiest. It's a different like thought that. process. I like it. Yeah, you chase the goal, and the money will follow. Yeah, in the, the mission. Like, there's right. a mission here. It's not just how do I get the most number of agents in our brokerage. It's how do I get the most five-star customer experiences to the customer through people who really care about the experience themselves. I like love it. That's totally awesome. different. I love it. Well, John, I know you you, uh, you said you had to get out of here, so uh, we don't want to hold you up too <laughs> long tonight. Uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah, Seriously, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Look forward to doing more transactions yeah. and deals with your businesses and uh, i'm glad you got insurance because it's hard to find a good insurance company you'll get an insurance quote back from us within two to four hours and we work with triple a carriers so it's you, you know there's a lot of carriers that are going out of business right now and you got to go hustle to go get new stuff also if you're like a real estate agent mm-hmm. and you want to go get that policy up front even before the inspection, we're going to tell you if it needs a four point or if it needs a wind mitt. we're not going to so do you good. know what i'm saying like we're doing the smart wi- stuff we're doing the smart the, stuff. The week of closing. Oh, by the way, we need a uh, wind mitigation. We will. T- that's why you reach you out to us up front. Yes. Four weeks ago. So, the, so the first day something goes under contract, it hits. It, it should hit an insurance person because again, you need to put that insurance into your monthly payment so you can know what your monthly payment's going to yes. be, and then we'll get you. And then we'll let you know if there's going to be issues. You know, there's some houses that still sell that say like they're on public, for uh, uh for sewer. Oh, yeah. And then they end up being on like we can have like the and we can see if there's been prior insurance claims like all those kind of things. Um, so I don't know what we can and can't tell you. I'm not a licensed insurance agent, so you right. have to talk to them. But you know, like you really want to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing, and you don't want to talk. You usually you don't want to go with like a big carrier where you're just another number, and they're just trying to get yep. the policy out the door. You want to deal with somebody who's local that is really going to care. Good to know. Right on. Well, you guys check him out, JohnKBrooks.com with Momentum Realty. And, uh, again, we'd like to thank you for coming on the show. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts, and Spotify now. Yep, we'll catch you all on the next one. All right, thanks for having me, guys.